fam. I know that there's a lot going on in Ukraine right now in the battle war of Russia. I'm coming on here straight off the wall, straight off the bat to say that God is going to be with y'all. I know that it's heartbreaking that this is going on. I have read news article after news article that some family members are being split apart. Families itself split apart. The husbands stay home to fight while the wives and the kids go away to save themselves. Do you know how heartbreaking that is? Do you know how frustrating that can be? I'm going to tell y'all, that is very inconsiderate for Russia to come to attack Ukraine like that. This is it's nonsense. Rather, if it's about greed, rather, if it's about power, rather, if this is about control, I don't care what it's about. It is very, very inconsiderate. It's rude and it's very disrespectful. Destroying one's home for those reasons alone, it's rude. There's too many wars that has been going on for the past 200 years for this to come up. And I know that everybody just want peace. Evidently, Russia don't. But everybody just want peace. Just wants peace. And now Ukraine is being destroyed because of some nonsense. Straight up nonsense. It's frustrating. It is very frustrating. Now I know that God got their backs. Now I know that despite with everything that's going on right now in Ukraine, it's already getting to a point where it's getting worse and worse and worse. But I hope and I pray as I sit here now that at some point that everything calms down. I don't even care at this point what I'm saying on the podcast right now stands to be true. I really hope and pray. That this really gets to a resolution, which mostly everybody done forgot what that was about. Instead of standing together and trying to resolve this, now it's coming to where 
invasion has come to destroy one's country, one's home. I don't wish this on my enemies at all. I would never wish this on my enemies. This was happening if I had enemies in Ukraine, if I had enemies in Russia. I don't wish it on either one. And I know the ones in Russia that didn't want this in the first place. I know that they're standing in Ukraine too. That's a fact. Because it's senseless. Straight senseless. We're coming to a point now that a lot of people just wants to do a lot of action, a lot of talking in a very ill-mannered way. Instead of trying to sit down, talk about things, and come up with a resolution. I'm sorry that Ukraine has to go through all this. I'm sorry. You know, it, it's it's hard. It, it really distraughts me. Like I said, it really distraughts me when I have to look at these articles and I have to see all these families being split up because of this. You know, Russia's been attacked before. You know, I'm pretty sure they have. And I wouldn't even have wished it on them. But for them to come and attack Ukraine like this, this is it's very depressing. It's very it's really getting to a point where people living there are getting very, very frustrated. Stressed out. And there's so much that I wish I could do. There's so much I wish I can do. The only thing I can do is just pray about it. Pray to God that there's a solution. Pray to God that there'll be peace for families to come back home again, for everybody to come together in Ukraine to clean up the mess. And make it home again to rebuild. Now pray that within every given moment of every person's strength to give them understanding, to give them guidance, wisdom, and courage to speak out. About the senseless war the senseless violence that's going on right now. I hope and pray that God sends a real message to Russia. I pray that God sends a real message to Ukraine. I stand with Ukraine. This has to stop. This has to stop.
So please speak up. Please voice your opinion. This is more than just being home. That is home. For Ukraine, everybody there, that is home for y'all. And people are willing to defend it. I pray for y'all. I really, really pray for y'all. That's the message. So let's shift gears and focus on more problems in our justice system. We're having this uncomfortable talks again. I'm wrapping this up right here, but I still have more uncomfortable talks. But this is just a wrap up of what I wanted to discuss of actual facts, well, of stats of uh, the justice system is racist. So, we're going to look at school suspensions and the school to prison pipelines. I think I shared that last week, but I'm willing to reread it again. Uh, prison incarceration and solitary confinement. I'm pretty sure I read that too. But, uh, we're going to probably read that again. Uh, the dissent, contrary studies on race in the criminal justice system. Those are what we're going to talk about right now. So, for the last month or so, I've been getting into the deeps of what one. Radley Baco had talked about last year, June 10th of 2020, um, overwhelming evidence that the criminal justice system is racist. I have been actually looking and reading this, and I have been sharing it with all of you that listens to this podcast. Um, I think it's important that everybody have, should have an open mind about What's going on? Everybody should have it. We're we're getting to a point now that everybody is choosing to be so close-minded about race and wars and everything like this because it all comes down to power, greed, and confinement. Being comfortable. So, let's look at this. Excuse me. Um, for school suspensions in the school to prison pipeline, a 2011 study of school discipline in Texas found that after isolating race by adjusting for 83 other variables, a black student had a 31% greater chance of being disciplined than an identical white or uh, or Hispanic student. A study of suspensions in Chicago schools from 2013 to 2014 found that black male students were more than five times more likely to be suspended than white and Asian male students. Black female students were seven times more likely than white and Asian female students. After adjusting for academic 
level in social disadvantages, black males were still five times more likely to be suspended, while the disparity for black females grew to 13 times more likely. A Brown Center on Education Policy study released in 2017 found that suspension rates of black students begin to escalate during middle school and that the racial disparity in suspensions increases dramatically once black students comprise 16% or more of a school's student school students population. Data released in 2016 for the Department of Education found that black students were nearly four times more likely to be suspended than white students. Prison incarceration and solitary confinement. This is interesting. Disparities were calculated after adjusting for seriousness of the crime, criminal histories, and other variables. In 2014, the Urban Institute looked at probation offices in four locations across the country. New York City, Multnomah County, Oregon, Dallas County, Texas, and Iowa 6th Judicial District. After adjusting for criminal history, seriousness of the crime, other factors, the study found that black people were 18 to 39% more likely than white people to have their probation revoked. A 2017 study of more than 10,000 cases handled by a public defender's office in San Francisco found that black and Latino defendants were more likely to be incarcerated while awaiting trial, had to wait longer for their trials to begin were less likely to see their charges reduced and were more likely to see new misdemeanor charges added. A ACLU report issued in 2018 found that in Miami, black people faced 2.2 times greater rates of arrest, 2.3 times greater rates of pretrial detention, or 2.5 times greater rates of convictions, and... 2.5 times greater rates of incarceration. Hispanics were subject to four times greater rates of arrest, 4.0 times greater rates of pretrial detention, and 5.5 times greater rates of conviction, and six times greater rates of incarceration. A 2011 investigation of presidential pardons by ProPublica found that white federal prisoners were almost four times as likely to receive a pardon than minority federal prisoners. There's also some evidence of racial disparity when it comes to presidential communications. I'm sorry, commutations. A 2008 study of parole board decisions found that black offenders spent a longer time in prison waiting while parole compared with white officers, and that the racial and ethnic differences are remained as, influ- as an influence on parole decision-making after controlling for legal versus individual demographic and community, ca- community characteristics, characteristics. About 16% of sexual assaults of white women are committed by black men. 
but half of the exonerations of sexual assault involve cases which an eyewitness wrongly identified a black man for the rape of a white woman. A study of the parties granting the Mississippi during former Governor Haley Barber's tenor found that although blacks make up almost two-thirds of the state's prison's population, they make up fewer than a third of the people who Barber granted clemency. It is worth noting that this isn't about the severity of the crime. Barbara pardoned at least eight men who killed their wives or girlfriends. A 2016 New York Times report on thousands of parole hearings found that fewer than one is one in six black or Latino men were was released after his first parole hearing. Among white men, it was one in four. One in four. A 2016 study from Casorio. Consortium of civil rights groups found wide racial disparities in the suspensions of driver's licenses in California residents. Some black and Latino communities have suspension rates five times the state average. A 2016 report for the Black Alliance from, I'm sorry, for Just Immigration found that black immigrations, immigrants were significantly more likely to be deported than immigrants of other races. A Polyoric-Agornian reported of the city's gang database found that 64% of the list was black, though blacks make up only 6% of the city. White supremacist gangs appear to be significantly under-included. Though more than half of people on Mississippi's gangs registry are white, every person prosecuted under the state anti-gang law from 2010 to 2017 has been black. The dissent, the contrarian studies on race and the criminal justice system. An August 2019 study published by the National Academy of Sciences found that no evidence of anti-black or anti-Hispanic disparities across shootings, and white officers are not more likely to shoot minority civilians than non-white officers. That's an interesting one. Let me read that again. An August 2019 study published by the National Academy of Sciences found no evidence of anti-black or anti-Hispanics disparities across shootings, and white officers are not more likely to shoot minority civilians than non-white officers. Instead, race-specific crime strongly predicts a civilian race. This suggests that increasingly diversity among officers by itself is unlikely to reduce racial disparity in police shootings. The study, which has been widely cited by conservatives and other critics of the notion that policing is played by racial bias and is widely criticized, including two subsequent letters, to the editor where it was published. It was also later corrected. One letter noted that if you adjust for age of removal suicidal adults, young unarmed non-suicidal male victims of police fatal use of force are 13 times more likely to be black than white. Yeah. Here is a more detailed version of the analysis, and here is a more detailed critique of the study in general. The authors also wrote, in response to their critics. A 2019 study from Council on Criminal Justice found that 
between 2000 and 2016, the racial disparity in a state prison, jail, parole, and probation for populations has narrowed. In 2000, black people were 8.3 times more likely to be in prison than white people. By 2016, the figure had dropped to 5.1. The study also found that while the number of overall crimes and the rest dropped, that drop was partially offset by an increase in length of prison stays. Cinema studies has also found that the racial disparity in prison and jail populations has dropped, though blacks remain significantly more likely to be incarcerated. A 2015 analysis of prison data by Marshall Project found that though there are still white racial disparities when it comes to mass incarceration, the black-white divide in prison populations are narrowing, particularly among women. Unfortunately, the gap appears to be widening among juveniles. A 2002 study of alleged racial profiling in New Jersey found no such bias among New Jersey police officers. Instead, it found that black motorists were more likely to be driving above the speed limit. I'd have mixed these up. A study of North Carolina drivers came to a similar conclusion. Other researchers have since questioned the methodology of both studies. A 2006 study of police stops in Oakland measured stops during the day, which those made at night. On the theory that if police officers were profiling, there should be more stops of black and Latino motorists during the daytime hours when race would be more discernible. The study found no significant discrepancy. Discrepancy. In 2016, the New York Times reported a working paper, not pre-reviewed, not peer-reviewed, by Harvard's Roland G. Fryer Jr. found that though there was evidence of racial bias in how and when police generally use force, there's no evidence of bias when it came to police shootings. Friar later criticized the way his study has been reported, and critics, including him, pointed out several limitations to his study. Now, white people can compart... Compart... Jesus. Let me see if I can get... I'm tired, y'all. Forgive me. I'm tired. Compartmentalize police brutality. Black people don't have the luxury. The no-knock warrant for Breonna Taylor was illegal. Rightly so. Uh, wrongful convictions and all that, blah, blah, blah. So. That's that, folks. It probably didn't make too much sense. I probably mixed it all up. But that would tell you and explain that there's some evidence here. Rather, if people are going to believe it or not, that there is some justice system. The justice system is racist. And that was a little bit of evidence to show that there's a lot going on here when they hide their stuff. 
And that's not good. That's not good at all. But since I finished with that, welcome to another edition of Breaking Mental Health with Dura. I am your host, Dura Watts. So when we come back, I'm going to continue the series of mood disorders. And today I am going to talk about depression, major depressive disorder. Be right back. What's happening, fam? What's happening? How's everybody doing? I got to tell y'all. I am very, very exhausted. Uh, I had a long week up to this point right now I had a very long week um, I had uh, I had got my daughter Aaliyah on uh, Monday night and I had to work Monday so when I got off work Monday I went and got her and she didn't want to um, she wanted to stay home. She really wanted to stay home, and I can tell that she did. But I took her anyway, came home. She kind of sort of got over herself. She was still crying, all of that, still upset. Um, at some point, by around 11, 30 or so she finally went to sleep I went to sleep but then at 2 o'clock in the morning she woke up 2 o'clock in the morning she woke up and she wasn't crying in pain or anything like that she just woke up this was Monday play with the toys and stuff I saw her and I woke up at 2.15 and after that that time she didn't go back to sleep to probably about 3 actually a quarter till 3 in between quarter to 3 3 o'clock and then she went to sleep I had finally got a little bit of shot eye she woke back up again at 6 o'clock and I was up then. So I changed her, did all that, gave her uh, something to drink, a little bit of something to snack on. And uh, she didn't go back to sleep until my mom had her. I came back and went to sleep. And then, of course, Spent the day with her, and all the way up until then, I was 
working on trying to edit this podcast. I was doing this. I was doing that. And Darren was actually helping me with the lead at the same time. Until she had a nap. That was that for that point. And then going into Tuesday night was a little bit more rough. She got up at the same time again after we went to sleep, two o'clock in the morning. But then only this time she was still, of course, still playing with the toys, but itself she had went back to sleep maybe about two, three minutes later, got back up at two fifteen, started playing with the toys again. But she was already sleeping from the gap. She was up all the way till four o'clock. Four o'clock came, she went back to sleep. She got up every hour. And then finally at seven, I just said, forget it. I'm going to change her. And then I needed to get some stuff done. So I had my mom watch her again. After I got done with my stuff, I went back to sleep. Went back to sleep for a couple hours. And I was okay. I was 50%. She was already out when I went to sleep. I got up. She was asleep, and then when I got up, she had was uh, up. Of course, playing with the toys. She had woke me up. So, yeah. Then I got to spend a little bit more time with her. And after that, she went home. But it, it was just a rough night. It was just a, a rough week, I should say. Trying to contain. myself was tired trying to focus and stuff like that it was just very tough because after I dropped her off I jumped on and did um, Double Take Sports Talk me and Darius podcast I prepped for that and then after that got done with the recording on Wednesday I'm sorry uh, yeah Wednesday um, yeah Everything was just different at that point. And my mind just drew a blank after that. Because I I was so busy trying to get things done. Then I went back to work on Thursday. So, yeah. Yeah. And the rest is history after that. All over to that. And I put in a lot more time at work also. Um, 11 hour days, and then 10 hour days today, Sunday. So, yeah. And that's why I stay. That's why I stay. And the reason why I brought up that, because the segues weighs right into the next move into the series of uh, depression, the major depressive disorder. With those type of days that you have, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not the only one that goes to that or most parents go through worse. They probably do. You know, I don't I don't knock that. But, you know, for me to just try to do what I can to, to juggle between businesses and my job and then Aaliyah, you know, I, I'm, I feel that I'm pretty damn proud about 
where I stand. But sometimes it gets me in that depression to where, you know, do I feel like I have accomplished more? I have people making me feel bad about what I'm doing. You know, and that right there can pretty much put a damper in my mood to where I'm going to get depressed. I'm going to get depressed. Just try to work hard. You know, just try to get out of corporate America to be a businessman, to be an entrepreneur. You know, it's never easy. It's never easy just trying to get out of that corporate America style. You know, that's what I want. I want out of it. I'm done with it, you know. But I have to work as much as I can so I can be able to make the proper adjustments to make the best decisions that I can make. But coming too close. We're coming way too close. You know, to where we're we're right up there. You know, we're up there. And I feel good about where we're at. I feel real good about it. With my own podcast, uh, Darren's podcast, and then me and Darren's podcast together. And then our own business that we're doing. And then helping our mom out with hers. We're 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 in a good spot. You know, because the minute that everything starts to take off. I'm quitting corporate America. We'll build up a little bit more. Then quit corporate America. Man, we're out. I'm taking. Darren can take whoever he wants. He's probably going to take himself and the dog. Pongo. I'm taking Lucius. And I'm taking Aaliyah. Her mom and the kids. Taking mom, we're out of here in Indy. We going out west to whatever, nice and warm. Or I might go to Vegas where the warmth is at. You know, you know, it's always been a dream about to live in Vegas. Nothing against Arizona, nothing like that. But my dream is Vegas. I don't know why. It just is. But there's so much there. But I have to work to stand where I'm at right now. You know, to be able to get to where I want to. You know? So let's talk about depression. In other words, major depressive disorder. Mayo Clinic died away. Depression is a mood disorder that co- Oops, excuse me that causes a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest. Also called major depressive disorder or clinical depression. It affects how you feel, think, and behave, and it could lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems. You may have trouble doing normal day-to-day activities, and sometimes you may feel as if life isn't worth living. More than just a bout of these blues 
Depression isn't a weakness and you can't simply snap out of it. Depression may require long-term treatment, but don't get discouraged. Most people with depression feel better with medication, psychotherapy, or both. Medication, doctors will prescribe for you. After they go through all these assessments and questions asking and stuff like that, they'll subscribe with it. Or psychotherapy also. Talking it out. Just talking it out. Talk their ears off, man. Just talk their ears off. Tell them how you feel. Every little detail, small little detail, very important. That's what people fail to understand. Small details count the most. When you're talking, provide those small details. Even if they're not worth mentioning, rather if they're petty, rather if it's ridiculous, mention it. Just mention it. You never know where that goes. Or if you even feel embarrassed about something, mention it. Mention it. They're not there to judge you. They're there to listen. They're there to help give you the right, proper treatments. We'll do both. Medication and psychotherapy. Do both. So the systems. Although depression may occur only once during your lifetime, people typically have multiple episodes. During these episodes, systems occur most of the day nearly every day and may include feelings of sadness tearfulness emptiness and hope or hopelessness angry outbursts irritability or frustration even over small matters loss of interest or pleasure in most of most or all normal activities such as sex hobbies or sports sleep disturbances disturbances including insomnia or sleeping too much tiredness and lack of energy so even small tasks take extra effort. Reduce appetite and waste loss or increase cravings for food and weight gain. Anxiety, agitation, or restlessness. Slow thinking, speaking, or body movements. Feelings of worthlessness or guilt. Fixating or past failures. No, fixating on past failures or self-blame. Trouble thinking, concentrating, making decisions, and remembering things. Frequent or recurrent thoughts of death, suicide thoughts, suicide attempts, or suicide. And unexplained physical problems such as back pain or headaches. For many people with depression, symptoms usually are severe enough to cause noticeable problems in day-to-day activities such as work, school, social activities, or relationship with others. Some people may feel generally miserable or unhappy without really knowing why. Depressive systems in children and teens. Pay attention to this one. This is important. Common signs and symptoms of depression in children and teenagers are similar to those of adults, but there could be some differences. In younger children, symptoms of depression may include sadness, irritability, clinginess, worry, aches, and pains refusing to go to school, or being underweight. In teens, symptoms may include sadness, irritability, feeling negative and worthless, anger, 
poor performance or poor attendance at school, feeling misunderstood and extremely sensitive, using recreational drugs or alcohol, eating or sleeping too much, self-harm, loss of interest in normal activities, and avoidance of social interaction. If you see your children or your teenage children going through all of that, note that. Note that. That's all I always say. Put your phone down and pay attention. That's all it takes. Depression system in older adults. Depression is not a normal part of growing older and it should never be taken lightly. Unfortunately, Depression often goes undiagnosed and untreated in other adults, in older adults, I'm sorry, and they may feel reluctant to seek help. Symptoms of depression may be different or less obvious in other older students, such as memory difficulties or personality changes, physical aches or pain, fatigue, loss of appetite, sleep problems, or loss of interest in sex not caused by medical condition or medication. Often wanting to stay at home rather than going out to socialize or doing new things. Suicide, suicidal thinking or feelings, especially in older men. So, when to see a doctor. If you feel depressed, make an appointment to see your doctor or mental health professional as soon as you can. If you're reluctant to seek treatment, talk to a friend or a loved one, any healthcare professional, a faith leader, or someone else you, you trust. Let me throw something out there. If you're not wanting to seek that treatment, you're talking to a friend or a loved one or any healthcare professional, well, eliminating them. Well, let's just add them anyway for the sake of it, because there's some maybe out there. A faith leader or someone else you trust. Now, let me just throw this out here. Some of these you have to kind of watch how you talk, okay? Because if you're describing your problems, if you're describing what's going on with you, why you feel some way, you will get those normal basic answers that will not help you at all. Let me give you an example. If you're depressed, and you go about telling somebody that you trust the most about how your day is. And you tell them, uh, you know, I'll just have one of those moments again, had a bad day at work, went off on somebody, and I have absolutely no reason to go off on them. And you're feeling at some point that, you know, you're just, you're just not worth anything anymore. Somebody come to you and they tell you that you know what you shouldn't be like that just because you should be grateful for what surrounds you or what you have or you know, hey, you need to cheer up more often and be understandable to other people. That's unhelpful. That's unhelpful. They are aware of what 
the deal is they are aware that no matter what you're telling them they're aware of it it's something that they cannot control so if you're telling them oh you have a lot to be grateful for oh you need to start cheering up more often it's basic and it's unhelpful very unhelpful it, you just cannot go any more ridiculous than that you just can't you are trying to talk you're trying to get somebody to listen so the bigger picture is this I have friends that come to me in this point that used to come to me Oh, excuse me. And they would actually talk to me in a way. And they would say, hey, dude, what am I going to do? You know, I'm not feeling the same. I'm not feeling right. I don't know what's going on. This is what I tell. Them. What is it that you're feeling right now that you wasn't feeling? A few minutes ago. Oh, I'm depressed. Okay. Why you why why are you depressed now than you wasn't like ten minutes ago or an hour ago? Why is that? I don't know. It just happened. You know, I just feel like that I'm not worth a person anymore. I'm just not I'm just not feeling the same way that I was just a few minutes ago. I'm just not feeling that way. Okay, was it because you came to work? Was it because you know you're not being seeked out to more often, or somebody's not coming to be, hey, you doing okay? Or you know, or just try to talk to see what's going on. Well. Maybe, you know, but I just don't know. You know, I just don't know. So I tell, them, hey, look at it, look at it like this. There are ways that you could go about this. There are ways you go about this. Take my number, and we could text or call, and we could talk about more in depth detail or you could just hey let me just take you out you know let me just take you out to to lunch or you know have dinner in my house or something like that well let me just let me just come over and we'll talk about it you know something of that sort and we'll just talk 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 you probably won't even feel that way anymore, you know. But these are things that could be long term. Or these could be things that are just downright, you know, out of their control. So the more that you just talk to them, the more that you just actually listen to them, they probably won't even realize it. They probably won't realize that the depression is there because somebody is there to listen. They are listening without seeking judgment. That's the big problem. Just think about that. 
when to get emergency help. If you think you may hurt yourself or attempt suicide, call 911 or your local emergency number immediately. Also consider these options if you have suicidal thoughts. Call your doctor or mental health professional. Call the suicide hotline number. In the U.S., call the Natural Prevention, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Use that same number and press 1 to reach the Veterans Crisis Line. Reach out to a close one, a close friend or loved one, or contact a minister, spiritual leader, or someone else in your faith community. If you have a loved one who is in danger of suicide or has made a suicide attempt, Make sure someone stays with that person. Call 911 or your local emergency number immediately. Or, if you think you can do so safely, take the person to the nearest uh, hospital emergency room. Causes. It's not known exactly what causes depression. As with many mental disorders, a variety of factors may be involved, such as biological differences. People with depression appear to have physical changes in their brains. The significance of these changes is still uncertain, but may eventually help pinpoint causes. That's why there should be more surveys, more research into this stuff. People actually reach out donate stuff like that you can be able to do that anyway brain chemistry neurotransmitters are naturally occurring brain chemicals that likely play a role in depression recent research indicates that changes in the function and effect of these neurotransmitters and how they interact with neural circuits involved in maintaining mood stability may play a significant role in depression and its treatments. Hormones. Changes in the body balance of hormones may be involved in causing it or triggering depression. Hormones can change with pregnancy and during the weeks or months after delivery, postpartum, and from thyroid problems, menopause, or a number of conditions. That could be true too. Inherited traits. Depression is more common in people whose blood relatives also have this condition. Researchers are trying to find genes that may be involved in causing depression. Risk factors. Depressions often begin in the teens, 20s, or 30s, but it can happen at any age. More women than men are diagnosed with depression, but this may be due part in part because women are more likely to seek treatment. Factors that seem to increase the risk of developing or triggering depression include Certain personality traits, such as low self-esteem and being too dependent, self-critical, or pessimistic. Yeah, that's a big one. Traumatic or stressful events, such as physical or sexual abuse, the death or loss of a loved one, a difficult relationship, or financial problems. That's another good one. Blood relatives with a history of depression, bipolar disorder, alcoholism, or suicide be a lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, or have variations in the development of genital organs that aren't clearly male or female, intersex, in an unsupportive situation. That's a popular one. History of other mental health disorders such as anxiety disorder, eating disorders, or post-traumatic stress disorder. That's another one. Abuse of alcohol or recreational drugs, serious or chronic illness, including cancer, stroke, chronic pain, or heart disease. 
and certain medications such as high blood pressure medications or sleeping pills. So talk to your doctor before stopping any medications. Complications. Depression is a serious disorder that could take a terrible toll on you and your family. Depression gets worse if it isn't treated, resulting in emotional, behavioral, and health problems that affect every area of your life. Examples of complications associated with depression include excess weight or obesity, which can lead to heart disease and diabetes. I feel like I'm the victim of this one. This is the main reason I feel that I feel more depressed than anything in my life is my weight. And I've been working on my weight and, you know, certain days... I feel good. Certain days, I do not. When I gain weight, I don't feel good. When I lose weight, I feel good. But not good enough. So, depression with me will lead to that. A pain or physical illness, alcohol or drug misuse, anxiety, panic disorder, or social phobia, family conflicts, relationship difficulties, and work or school problems. Yeah, that's another one I deal with too. Social isolation, suicidal feelings, suicide attempts, or suicide. Self uh, mutilation, such as cutting. Premature death from medical, medical conditions. Preventions. There is no sure way to prevent depression. However, these strategies may help. Take steps to control stress to increase your resilience. And boost your self-esteem. Reach out to family and friends, especially in time of crisis, to help you weather rough spells. Get treatment at the earliest sign of a problem to prevent depression from worsening. And consider getting long-term maintenance treatment to help prevent a relapse of symptoms. I think that's important. It's very important. Uh, so the diagnosis. Your doctor may determine a diagnosis of depression based on physical exam. Your doctor may do a physical exam and ask questions about your health. And in some cases, depression may be linked to an underlying physical health problem, a lab test. For example, your doctor may do a blood test, call a complete blood count, or test your thyroid to make sure it's functioning properly. Properly. Psychiatric evaluation. Your mental health professional asks about your symptoms, thoughts, feelings, or behavior patterns. You may be asked to fill out a questionnaire to help answer these questions. DSM-5. Uh, your mental health professional may use the criteria for depression listed in the Diagnostics and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, published by the American Psychiatric Association. Types of depressions. Systems caused by major depression can be vary from person to person. It could be such as anxious distress, depression with unusual restlessness, or worry about possible events of loss of control. Mixed futures. Simultaneous, simultaneous depression and mania, which includes elevated self-esteem talking too much and decreased energy 
melancholic futures, severe depression with lack of response to something that used to bring pleasure and associated with it with associated with early morning awakening, worsening mood in the morning, major changes in appetite, and feelings of guilt, agitation, or sluggishness. sluggishness. Atypical features. Depression that includes the ability to temporarily be cheered by happy events, increased appetite, excessive need for sleep, sensitivity to rejection, and a heavy feeling in the arms or legs. Psychotic futures. Depressions accompanied by delusions or hallucinations, which may involve personal inaccuracy or other negative things. Catatonia. Depression that includes molar activity that involves either uncontrollable or purposeless movement or fixed and inflexible posture. Peripartum onset. Depression that encores during pregnancy or in the weeks or months after delivery. Postpartum. And seasonal pattern. Pattern related in changes in seasons or reduced exposure to sunlight. Yeah, that's a popular one. People that live out west could get tired of the cold and the hot. People that also live out west could be tired of looking at the mountains. They want to change the scenery. They want to see something else. It gets them depressed. So they would rather move somewhere else, Midwest, out south, or out east. For me, I'm tired of the snow. I don't mind the cold, but I'm tired of the snow. I'm tired of the snow, and I'm tired of looking at trees. That's my scenery. I want to look at some mountains. That's why I want to go to Vegas. That's why I want to go to Arizona, California. Boom. Those are the type of seasonal pattern depressions that you will see. That's just a little small thing that I can help with in that aspect. So, you know. If you're tired of something in the weather aspect, try to find a way to get past it. That's why I milked the 9 to 5. Just to help build when I need build. That's what I do. And I'm working damn hard on it too. Other disorders that cause depressive systems. Bipolar 1 and 2 disorders. These moods disorders include mood swings that range from highs, manias, or lows, depressions. It's sometimes difficult to distinguish between bipolar disorder and depression. It's like cyclamic disorder. Cyclothemic disorder involves high and lows that are mild, milder than those bipolar disorder. Disruptive mood or dysregulation disorder. This mood disorder in children includes chronic and severe irritability and anger with frequent extreme temper outbursts. This disorder typically develops into depressive disorder or anxiety disorder during the teen years of adulthood. Persistent depressive disorder, sometimes called dysthemia. This is a less severe but more chronic form of depression. While it's usually not disabling, persistent depressive disorder can prevent you from functioning normally in your daily routine 
and from living life to its fullest. Premenstrual dysphoric disorder. This involves depression symptoms associated with hormone changes that begin a week before improvement within a few days after the onset of your period and are minimal or gone after completion of your period and other depression disorders. This includes depression that's caused by the use of recreational drugs, some prescribed medication or medical condition. Medications. Many types of antidepressants are available, which is selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. That's one of the things that doctor was out to start by prescribing is SSRIs. So these drugs are considered safer and generally cause fewer bothersome side effects than other types of antidepressants. SSRIs include Selexia, Lexapro, I'm oh sorry, Lexapro, Prozac, Paxil, Paxivia, no, Paxiva, Zoloft, and Vibrant. Serotine non-repeneferine reuptake inhibitors, which is SNRIs. These include Zimbaltia, Effexor XR, Pristique, Cadelza, and Fetzema. A typical antidepressants. These medications don't fit nearly um, neatly into any of the other antidepressant categories. They include Bupropion, Wellbutrin XL, Wellbutrin SR, Alpazine, Forvivo XL, Remuron, Nefazidone, Trosodon, and Trentelix. Tricylic antidepressants. Uh, These drugs, such as Mipramine, which is uh, Trophenil, uh, Pamelar, Amit. Tripatine or Paline, Dialexfen, Somato, Anapramine, or Vivatacil. Uh, these are just hard pronunciations. Uh, it can be very effective but tend to cause more severe side effects than newer antidepressants. So, Tricylix generally are prescribed unless you try SSRI first without improvement. MAOIs. Uh, this is such as trans... Oh gosh. I can't pronounce it. But another word for it is Parnate, Nardil, or Marplan. May be prescribed typically when other drugs haven't worked because they have a serious side effects. Using MAOIs require a strict diet because of dangerous or even deadly interactions with foods, such, such as certain cheeses, pickles, and wines. Ooh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. 
and some medications and herbal supplements. MSOM and a newer MAOI that sticks on the skin, such as a patch, may cause fewer side effects than the other MAOIs do. These medications can be combined with SSRIs. Other medications. Other medications may be added to an antidepressant to enhance antidepressant effects. Your doctor may recommend combining two antidepressants or adding medications such as mood stabilizers or antipsychotics. Anti-anxiety and stimulant medications may also be added for short-term use. Finding the right medication. If a family member has responded to responded well to antidepressant, it may be one that could help you or may need to try several medications or a combination of medications before you find one that works. This requires patience as some medications need several weeks or longer to take full effect and for side effects to ease as your body adjusts. Inherited traits play a role in how antidepressants affects you. In some cases, where available, results of genetic tests done by blood tests or cheek swab may offer clues about how your body may respond to particular antidepressants. However, other variables besides genetics can affect your response to medication. Now, the risks of abruptly stopping medication. Don't stop taking an antidepressant without talking to your doctor first. Antidepressants aren't considered addictive, but sometimes physical dependence, which is different from addiction, can occur. Stopping treatment abruptly or missing several doses can cause withdrawal-like symptoms. And quitting suddenly may cause a sudden worsening of depression. Work with your doctor to gradually and safely decrease your dose. (sighs) That's me with caffeine. I have a strong addition to anything that has caffeine in it. Pepsis, Mountain Dews, coffee. Yeah, anything with, with anything with caffeine in it, I'm addicted to it. Now, I have actually stopped all caffeines during the last year. So I'm coming up on my year. And I'm going to tell you, it is the hardest thing to ever ever deal with because I love caffeine caffeine has always done me a good, a good a world of good and with me being able to stop all caffeines has been a real blessing for me because I haven't had these migraines and withdrawal headaches all in one because it used to be horrible I had to have caffeine. I didn't have it. I was going to get them. Those withdrawals. And they're not fun. They're not fun at all. Antidepressants and pregnancy. If you're pregnant or breastfeeding, some antidepressants may pose an increased health risk to your unborn child or nursing child. Talk with your doctors if you become pregnant or planning to become pregnant. Antidepressant and recent, I'm sorry, increased suicide risk. Most antidepressants are generally safe, but the FDA requires all antidepressants to carry a black box warning, warning, the strictest warning for prescriptions. And in some cases, children, 
teenagers and young adults under the age of 25 may have an increase in suicidal thoughts or behavior when taking antidepressants, especially in the first few weeks after starting or when the dose is changed. Anyone taking the antidepressants should be watched closely for worsening depression or unusual behavior, especially when starting a new medication or with a change in dosage. If you or someone you know has suicidal thoughts or when taking an antidepressant, immediately contact the doctor or get emergency help. Keep in mind that the antidepressants are more likely to reduce risk in the long run by improving mood. Psychotherapy. Psychotherapy is a general term for treating depression by talking about your condition and relating related issues with the mental health professional. Psychotherapy is also known as talk therapy or psychological therapy. Different types of psychotherapy can be effective for depression, such as cognitive behavioral therapy or interpersonal therapy. Your mental health professional may also recommend other types of therapies. Psychotherapy can help you adjust to a crisis or other current difficulty. Identify negative beliefs and behaviors and replace them with healthy, positive ones. Explore relationships and experiences and develop positive interactions with others. Find better ways to cope and solve problems. Identify uses. I'm sorry, identify issues that contribute to your depression and change behaviors that make it worse. Regain a sense of satisfaction and controlling your life and help ease depression symptoms such as hopelessness, hopelessness and anger. Learn to set realistic goals for your life and develop the ability to tolerate and accept distress using healthier behaviors. Alternate formats for therapy. Formats for depression therapy as an alternative to face-to-face office sessions are available and may be effective options, effective options for some other people. Therapy can be provided, for example, as a computer program by online sessions or using videos or workbooks. I use books. Programs can be guided by a therapist or be partially or totally independent. Before you choose one of these options, discuss these formats with your therapist to determine if they may help be helpful for you. Also, ask your therapist if he, if he or she can recommend a trusted source or program. Some may not be covered by your insurance and not all developers and online therapists have the proper credentials or training. Smartphones and tablets that offer mobile health apps, such as support and general education about depression, are not a substitute for seeing your doctor or therapist. Hospital and residential treatment. In some people, depression is so severe that a hospital stay is needed. This may be necessary if you can't care for yourself properly or when you're in immediate danger of harming yourself or someone else. Psychiatric treatment at a hospital can keep can, can help keep you calm and safe until your mood improves. Partial hospitalization or day treatment programs may also help some people. These programs provide the outpatient support and counseling needed to get symptoms under control. And other treatment options. For some people, other procedures sometimes called brain stimulation therapies may be suggested, which is electroconvulsive 
Therapy, which is ECT. In ECT, electrical currents are passed through the brain to impact the function and affect the neurotransmitters in your brain to relieve depression. ECT is usually used for people who don't get better with medications, can't take antidepressants for health reasons or a high risk of suicide, and transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is TMS. TMS may be an option for those who haven't responded to antidepressants. During TMS, a treatment call placed against your scalp sends brief magnetic pulses to stimulate nerve cells in your brain that are involved in mood regulation and depression. Well, there are also lifestyle and home remedies, which would be sticking to your treatment plan, learn about depression, pay attention to the warning signs, avoid alcohol and recreational drugs, and of course, take care of yourself. Mind-body connections could be acupuncture, relaxation techniques such as yogi or tai chi, meditation, guided imagery, massage therapy, music or art therapy, spirituality, or aerobic exercises. So, I've said this before, coping and support, this is important, simplify your life, now, cut back on obligations when possible and set reasonable goals for yourself, give yourself permission to do less when you feel down, write it in the journal, journaling as part of your treatment may improve mood by allowing you to express pain, anger, fear, or other emotions. Read reputable self-help books and websites. Your doctor or therapist may be able to recommend books or websites to read. Locate helpful groups. Many organizations such as the National Alliance on Mental Illness, Mental Illness or the Depression Bipolar Support Alliances offer education support groups, counseling, and other resources to help with depression. Employee assistance program and religious groups also may offer help for mental health concerns. Don't become isolated. Try to participate in social activities and get together with friends or families regularly. Support groups for people with depression can help you connect with others facing similar challenges or share and share experiences. Learn ways to relax and manage your stress. Examples include meditation, progressive muscle relaxation, yogi, and tai chi. Structure your time, plan your day. You may find it. You may find it helps to make a list of daily tasks. Use sticky notes as reminders, or use a, a planner to stay organized. And don't make important decisions when you're down. Avoid decision making when you're feeling depressed, since you may not be thinking clearly. important very important so that's a lot to take in and I apologize for that but I feel it was important that that had to be read I know a lot of people don't like to read on a certain basis but I don't mind reading to people to help them find ways to connect with themselves or connect with somebody they can trust or connect with a mental health therapist or you know, just being able to talk it out to your doctor, anything of that sort. And I feel that's important. 
I just feel that's important. So I don't mind doing that. But that's all I have. So thank you for taking this time, long time, to listen to me and listen to this podcast. I very well appreciate that. Uh, Join me next week. I'm continuing the Mood Disorders series. I'm going to pick one right off the bat. Well, not right off the bat, but I will find one and we're going to continue this series. So join me next week. And until then, stay true to yourself. And always remember, when it comes to listening, you're one step closer to bringing awareness. Let's go.